0: By There's a dream that's recorded by Ram Nahum Rikanti. The Rikanti, Rikanti, Rikantia, was a 13th century, 1223, 1290 Italian Kabbalist, Mukubul, a very prominent Kabbalist, also prominent in codifier of, of law. And he's sort of loosely a student of the Ramban, meaning even though he lived in Italy, the Ramban lived in Spain and then in Israel. But he took a lot of the teachings of the Ramban, of Nachmanides, and decoded them. So there's a, there's a story that's recorded by the Rakanti in his commentary of the Torah in Parsha Selmar. And later on, this story is recorded in Halacha, recorded by the Beis Yosef, and then recorded by the Taz, and Simantov, Frishton, Aleph as practical, actual Halacha, that it has practical implications. What's, this, what's the story? What's the dream? So the Rakanti writes that once there was a Jew, a rabbi, named Rabbi Yitzchak Ashkenazi. We're not sure who this person is. Yitzchak from Ashkenazi, which means from Germany. From Bohemia. So there was a Jew that came and was staying in the home of the Ricanti in Italy. And that night, it was a night of Sukkus, Ricanti had a dream. And in the dream he saw that this... Sage, this rabbi, was writing the name of Hashem, the four-letter name of Hashem. He was writing the Yud, then the He, and then the Vav. And then when it came to the final letter, He, he separated it from the Yud and the He and the Vav. So he wrote the Yud, He, and Vav, kept an empty space, and then wrote the letter He. And he was very puzzled by why is he doing this. Normally the name is, uh, has to be written as one name, has to be written together, as every, letter, every word in the Torah has to be written as one word. So he asked him that, and he said, in his dream, he said, this is, what, this is the way our custom is in Germany, to do this. And the Rakanti writes that, mar, and I was bewildered by this vision that I saw. I didn't understand exactly what, what am I seeing. And he said, it came clear to me the next morning. The next morning in Shul, he saw that this Rabbi Yitzhak was holding the lulav, in his right hand, during the Nanuim, during the waving of the lulav, he was holding the lulav with the three other of the species of the minim, which is with the three adasim and the aravas, they were all bound together in the lulav, he was holding it with one hand, and On the other hand he was holding the esreg, but he did not put the lulav and esreg together. So while he was performing the, the waving, he, was there, he had his two hands out, and he was waving his hands to the right and to the left in different directions, but not actually putting the lulav and esreg together. And it it became clear to me what this dream was: that he was separating the three species, which is the lulav, the hadassim, and the Aravus which correspond to the yud, hay, and the vav. And he was separating from the final hay, which was corresponding to the eserg And this is what the Rakanti says. And, and, and from the dream we know, and it's clear to him that we have to keep the lulav and eserg together while we wave the lulav and Eserg in the various different directions, the six directions, three times in six directions, which is total of 18, and they do four times, so it's 72, the name of Hashem. You do this um, when the lulav and eseric are touching together. You li- gently touch the eseric together with the lulav. And that's the way it's codified in Jewish law. Where's this idea, where's this? the root of this idea of the name of Hashem corresponding, the, the four letter name of Hashem corresponding to the four types of the four species. So this, this originally comes from the even though the Tikkun was published a little later, but it's a much earlier text. The Tikkun Ezzoyer, the Tikkun Beis, the Zoyer speaks about the four letters named Hashem, and it says that the Yud corresponds to the Hadasan, the three Hadasan. The Hey, the first He corresponds to the two Aravas, the vav corresponds to the lulav and the final he corresponds to the esrg. The truth is that the Medrash already says, the Medrash in Vaikaraba in Ammar, the Medrash says that the Medrash has a lot of explanations of what the lulav and esrg represent, the eyes, the ears, the eyes and the lips, etc., or different types of people. And then the Medrash also says, that Baruch, and Zar that the Lulu is Hashem, Kaviyakal, embodies the quality, is, represents Hashem, represents the Creator. The Asim represents the creator, the adasim represents the creator, the Lul Aravis represents the creator. So there's already an medrash that says this. And the Zor later unpacks this a little further, explaining that the four types correspond to Yud-Heh and the Vavanahe. And the Ariz al-Sharkavanas, the Holy Ari, explains this in even more detail. And it's also already brought down another form that the Yud is spelled with a Yud Vav Dalet, which, which is three letters. So the Yud Vav Dalet corresponds to Chesed, Gevur, and Teferis, which is kindness, expansiveness, openness, the right column, left column, Gevur, restriction, and discipline, and the middle column, which is teferis compassion. Those three, Chesed, and teferis, which is Yud, Vav, and Dalet, correspond to the three Hadassim, of Yitzhak Yaakov. The Hei, is spelled either He Aleph or Hey he, he, he or He Yud is two letters therefore there are two us so two Arovis three Adasim three Adasim on a face of also it says three, three words therefore use three three Adasim three Adasim two Arovis Yud and the He the Vav corresponds to the, the attribute of Yesoid which is the yud and then the Vav. The Vav corresponds to the, to the, to the Lulav. And the, the final hey corresponds to the Eserig. And the basic difference between the, the three and the, the two and the three and the Eserig is that the three, the Arovis, Hadassim, and the Lulav is all shaped as a line, which represents Dukhra, the masculine, the eser, which is malchus, malchut, which is the final hay, is circular, which represents nukva, the feminine. The exactly of which malchus this is talking about, according to the Ari himself, it's a terestiza, it's the it's the crown within the level of the masculine. And according to the other simple reading of, of other merkubalim, other earlier merkubalim, it, other capitalists, it's this malchus itself. So you have. You have yud, hey, and vav correspond to the lulav and the hadassim and the ravas, and the final hey corresponds to, to the idea of malchus of receptivity of the receiving the feminine. That's the eseric. Now, in the vision of in the vision of the rikanti, in the dream of the rikanti, which is brought down to Allah, it says that he saw that you have to draw the lulav an eseric, Together, while you're doing the Danuim, while, you, while you're shaking the Lulav, while you're waving the Lulav in different directions, you must hold the yud hey and the Vav, which corresponds to the masculine, the Lulav, the Asim and the Ravis, together with the Eser, and you have to do this all the time. So then the question is, the deeper question is, and the Beisio of himself asks this question, or is asked this question, in... In a very mystical, one of his mystical books, the Yosef Cairo wrote, it's called Magim which is a book of uh, transmissions that he received from an angelic force connected to the Mishnah. And in Pashas this question was raised. If, in fact, the idea of the Yud and the He and the vav and the He correspond to the four species, the four types, the Dabar Minim, and the idea is to create unity between the masculine and the feminine, between the entire name of Hashem, between the Yud and the He and the vav and the He, and that's why you have to hold them together while you do the Anuim. Why don't we tie them to begin with as one? So you, the lulav itself is tied together and you do agad, you do you tie, you bind them together. You bind the, the aravas and the adasim are tied to the lulav and they're there permanently throughout the entire entire celebration of sukkahs. The lulav is always attached to other two. So, Or the other two are always attached to the lulav. So you have the lulav, the aravas and the adasim are always attached as one. Item. There are three different items, but they're attached together through rope or through some type of string, whatever. however you attach them, or through some type of holder, this is the way they're attached, but they're always attached. The esrog is separate from it, and when you perform the nanuyim, when you perform the waving, you have to draw them together. But if the idea is to create a unity between the masculine and the feminine, which also corresponds to kutchebrichu and yisrael, which represents the masculine in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the masculine in our relationship with Hashem, is that Hashem is the masculine, the giver, and we're the recipient of life. So we're the makabah, we're the nukah we're the feminine receiver. If the idea is to create an absolute laman yedud, a knowing, an intimacy between the masculine and the feminine, which means between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, between us and Hashem, and that's what the idea of, of the lulav is, that we're we're connecting symbolically and therefore energetically we're creating a unity between us and and the world the entire world of Malchus the entire, the entire presence of creation into a higher dimension of Yichud and Shinte, the level of drawing the infinite transcendence with imminence of the world so why don't we do this completely and bind the Esther together with the Lulav and the Hadassim and the Ravis. let's keep them bounded together for the entire seven days why do we have the Essek as a separate item and we're drawing it together? This is a question that the base of us, the asks the same question. Um, and this is a question that's, that's important to understand based on the understanding that the Lulav and the Essek correspond to the four, the four letters in the name of Hashem and the idea is to create unity between them, which means unity between transcendence and immanence, unity between us and our creator between our finite self, the, recept, the receiver, malchut, malchus, and Zorampin, and the higher levels of, of, of all the spheros. If that's the, the objective, so why do we tie them for the entire time? This is the question. And the Maggad Sharma explains this in, ver, in, in, in in language of Kabbalah. and We'll try to understand a little bit and, and bring it down and draw it down a little bit into practical life, what this actually means. So to understand this, it just, it's a very important a little bit to understand what is the entire avoyda, what is the entire spiritual work and inner work of this month, month of Tishrei, culminating in, in Sukkot, and then eventually culminating in Samhastayr, what, what is the work? What is the work that's being done? Since, since Tishrei represents the beginning of the creation, the beginning of the creation of man, specifically the creation of the human being, this entire time process is something that's called binyan the, malchus, the building of malchus, the building of malchut, the building of the receiver. That means like this: there are, in very very quickly, there are two ways, the way the Creator interacts with creation. There is a definition of a moishel, which is a dictator ruler, and there is a king. For the higher level is to be to be king what is king what's the difference between a king and a dictator if if using the word or so an oppressor? so the definition of a king even though we don't have kings but the definition of rulership or din in the ad-din, when we say that the laws of the, the laws of the land is is the laws of the kingdom the laws of the land is considered din so the rawam says that this means when do we say al of din? When we say this principle that the laws of the land are applying, when the laws are, are created by, by a body of people that were chosen, or at least there's a consensus that these people should represent them, not necessarily democracy in its purest form, but there's, there's a, or that there is a certain consensus that this is the person that you want to, for you to rule. If someone enters into a state or a country or a town and dictates, forces his sovereignty over the, these people, that's not considered a king. The definition of a king in, 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 in the Torah law is a melech b'lo yam. There's no king without subjects who are choosing to be in a relationship with this king. This is why Rosh Hashanah is all about kingdom, about anointing Hashem as king. What does that mean? It means like this. There are two paradigms in relationship the creator has with creation. One is acher back to back. Back to back means that the, the creator encodes a certain encoding into creation and the object that receives this encoding has no free choice whether it wants to do what it, ha- it was created to do or doesn't want to do what it's created to do. The relationship is back-to-back. Back-to-back means a forced relationship, th- which means that there is one, one party is, is moving this relationship and the other one is, is following suit. So in the relationship between the creator and creation, the tree is created by the creator, created with a particular type of mechanism that says that this tr- apple tree should be an apple tree. The tree doesn't have free choice to choose to say, well, today I want to make apples and tomorrow I don't want to make apples. The, the, the tree is treeing and doing exactly what it's doing because it's always an expression, it's an exact expression of the desire of the creator at every moment, which means there's a zivuk it's an intimate relationship between creation and creation, between the creator and creation. It's always doing the will of the creator, but it doesn't have free choice to be in relationship and in dialogue with the creator. This is a back-to-back relationship. The metaphor would be, let's say, a parent with a small child. If you have a small child, a one-year-old, two-year-old, your relationship with the child is that you tell the child when to go to sleep and when to wake up and when what they have to eat and where they're going to live. Now, the relationship is very beautiful because they're attached to you. There's a complete uh, dependence on you. So they're completely attached to you, but it's not really a dialogue. They're not a separate being that's in relationship with you. When the child becomes more mature, certainly in an adolescence, eventually even more mature, then there's a possibility for a face-to-face relationship. A face-to-face relationship means the other in the relationship is choosing to be in relationship with you. That's very different when a back-to-back relationship, which is forced. That's Moishel. That's Hashem as a Moishel, as, as a dictator, so to speak. As Hashem, as a Melech, as a king, is that we're choosing to be in relationship with the Creator. That is the entire uh, process of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, which is that Rosh Hashanah take responsibility, the day of our birth, the day of Tshuva, the day that we take responsibility for our life and choose to be different. This all means that we're independent beings choosing to be in relationship with life and with, with Hashem. This is what the whole structure of, of of Tishrei and the entire structure is. That there's an Azer connected. That we're standing against Kaviyachol. The Kaviyachol. We're standing against Hashem, and we're choosing to be in a relationship. That the, that we we are choosing to be in the relationship. It, since this is the entire idea of Tishrei, it becomes very clear why we don't tie the esrog, which is Malchus, which is us, the receiver, we don't tie the esrog in a bound that's bounded for the entire seven days like we do with the Lulav, or tie it to the Lulav. The Lulav represents Yud, the He, and the Vav, represents the masculine, represents Kuchibriho, the Creator giving to us. The esrog represents us, our hearts, represents our desires, our yearnings, our re- desire to be in relationship with the Lulav, if we tie the esteric together with the lulav for the entire seven days, then what that would represent and what would that would mean to us is we're going back to a place where we become completely dependent in such a way that we don't have our free choice. The way to show that we're in dialogue, that we're, we're freely choosing to be in a relationship is that every single morning when we bless the lulav and esteric, and we take the lulav in our hands and we bless it, We say, Bracha, we draw together the Essek, which represents us, and we say, we are choosing now, choosing every single day from new. And that's what the Avoid is, that's what the work is. Every single moment, every single day we're choosing, we're saying, Hashem, I want to be in a relationship with you. I'm going to pick up the Essek, which represents me, ourselves, Malchus, and I'm going to draw together with the Yud and the hey and the Vav, with the Lulav. And I'm going to do this every single day. Because it's an independent being that's choosing to be, in a relationship with the creator and that is ultimately why the esrig is a separate item and it remains separate for entire days but when we bless it and when we shake it and we move it in different directions we create the unity from new every single moment should I have a wonderful and meaningful success That's my idea.